Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, Husky fans, and welcome to a very special episode of the UConn pod. We just received some very special news on this Friday night. Donovan Klingen, seven foot one, four star basketball recruit, has made his commitment to UConn while on an official visit. He had been considering a host of other schools, including Syracuse, Michigan, uh, and others. Big pickup for Dan Hurley on the recruiting trail. He's ranked 44th in the country. The hype around him was getting pretty hot and heavy over these past few months. Uh, he was he was really looking like uh, a national recruit. And lately we've known that when a player kind of enters that stratosphere, he starts to trend away from going to UConn. So, um, I think this is just an amazing pickup for Dan Hurley uh, and what a, what a win for them on the recruiting trail and, and adding to Corey Floyd jr. In the recruiting class uh, just tremendous set of recruits that uh, Hurley has been able to bring in, but this is a massive, massive win. Dan Hurley don't miss the last, how many recruiting classes has he had now? Three years, I think. Well, especially when you look at the class of 2021, he wanted Jordan Hawkins and he got him. He wanted Rasul Diggins and he got him. He wanted Samson Johnson and he got him. All three of them, top three targets, boom, 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 right off the bat. Wanted Corey Floyd Jr., obviously, because he committed last summer or something. He committed a while ago. Got him. Klingon's obviously been a huge target ever since he kind of broke onto the scene, especially as a Connecticut kid. He's gotten him now. And I think not that it was unexpected, but for a while, I think a lot of people didn't really know where his recruitment was going. And I vividly remember one article came out where he said something along the lines of, yeah, everyone assumes that I'm a Yukon fan because I grew up in Connecticut, but I'm actually a big Michigan fan. And that kind of felt like, Oh, that kind of changes the dynamic of this. How is Yukon going to win him over from going to his childhood favorite school that is also recruiting him. I wasn't ever really concerned about Syracuse because, you know, naturally, but, yeah, just a huge get for Dan Hurley and not only getting a seven footer, which is great in and of itself, seven foot one, not only getting a kid from Connecticut, which is great on itself, but getting the whole package, a kid who's probably going to be able to come in and contribute right away. This is fun. This is a fun time in the Dan Hurley era. Yeah, Dan, I, I kind of agree. I think Michigan really had a lot of momentum late in the recruiting process with Klingon where uh, a lot of things seem to fall in their favor. Klingon said he's a Michigan fan. Jawan Howard, legendary big man. He took over at Michigan, and he's done a great job there so far and and had more success than than UConn has uh, as a Blake, to be completely honest. So I think there is a lot of expectations that maybe they would really be in the mix, but credit to Dan Hurley for stepping up and, and kind of getting the job done. I think I've said this to pretty much anybody that would listen. I think Donovan Klingon was one of the most important recruits of, of Dan Hurley's time at UConn, just because he's kind of the barometer for where the program is at right now and where the program wants to get back to. If UConn wasn't on, on the rise again and, and making NCAA tournaments, 
Uh, I don't think they get this look, even a look from Klingon, maybe not even an official visit from him. Uh, if, you know, Hurley doesn't take over and they're not kind of on that track back to being a perennial NCAA tournament team contending for national championships. And now with him in the fold, I don't think it's crazy to think that not only is UConn going to be back in the NCAA tournament, but there's definitely potential for deeper sustained runs like we saw in the late two, uh, late 2000s, early 2010s. He's a big-time player, and I, I don't think his impact and the impact of his commitment can be overstated. I think this is a major get for Dan Hurley. Yeah, you need as many quality big men as you can. It's always hard to get those. And so locking down uh, someone like Klingon, who's also a versatile guy, good passer, We'll get maybe a little bit deeper into his scouting report later, but um, the Hurley's ability to improve the quality of recruiting um, is, is significant and, and worth really highlighting here. Uh, Jeff Borzello pointed out up around 10 ESPN 100 commitments in the last four classes for the Huskies. They're one of just five programs right now with two top 100 commitments. Um, so the, the, the talent influx is huge. And um, with Klingon, you know, as, as we've discussed in the past, uh, Connecticut is, has not really been a, a great breeding ground for, for UConn basketball talent. Um, unfortunately, I guess, you know, there's been a handful of players here and there. Uh, most prominently recently, we would say Andre Drummond, but uh, to go to UConn, Slightly more recently than that, Steve Enoch, who was a big man who certainly had some hype around him, not not clinging levels of hype, but, you know, people people definitely had high hopes for Enoch uh, when he came to UConn. Other than that, it's a lot of guys when you look at those kind of like top ranked players coming out of Connecticut. It's a lot of guys who don't go to UConn, even if they are like high major players, uh, guys like Tremont Waters, Mustafa Haron, Jaden Delaire. So and again, but the fact that he was getting this kind of national attention, I was really, I just, I was not feeling great about it until we saw basically like, I want to say earlier this week, time is, time is tough these days, but I, I want to say earlier this week, Eric Bossy crystal balled it to us. And you're like, oh, wow. You know, and then uh, I think, I think Sl Slater, uh, Andrew Slater as well from 24 seven did. And it was like, wow, uh, they're, that is uh, pretty crazy. Then he came in for the official visit and, and Hurley locked him up. So um, it's, it's really amazing. I think um, I just, you know, can't wait for next summer to, for those run of interviews that we just had on with the freshman for him on campus next year, this time next year, but just crazy good pickup for them. Right before COVID kind of hit and, and shut down the whole world, I had the opportunity to get out and see Klingon play Andrew Hurley's East Catholic team uh, at, at Bulkley in Hartford. And Hurley ended up flying in and catching the end of that. I believe the Huskies were playing at UCF earlier that day, and he came in to see that. So it was kind of a big deal, obviously, to see his son play, but also to see Klingon and, and get another visit um, or, you know, appearance for basically nothing since, you know, wasn't violating any recruiting things seeing his son play basketball. So, um, I was really impressed with, with what Klingon brought. He was obviously the biggest guy on the floor, but he was also the best player. Um, he had the ability to score with either hand. I really liked his shooting touch. Uh, he wasn't afraid to stretch the floor. 
he did a good job. Obviously, him being so much taller than everyone else, he wasn't popping out and jacking up a ton of threes. He was, you know, reading his reading what the defense was giving him, posting people up when they were smaller than him and, and taking easy baskets as he got them. The post game was pretty polished. He looked pretty good over either shoulder, wasn't afraid to use either hand. Um, I, I thought he did a really good job running up and down the floor. I wouldn't say he's fast. He, he doesn't run as well as like Amita Brahma did, um, but I think he can get up and down the floor enough to kind of fit in with what UConn wants to do offensively. Um, defensively, it's hard to tell. He was pretty good. He was communicating on defense. He blocked some shots. I would say he's like an average defender, maybe maybe not an elite defender. Um, and I think he'll, he's a good enough communicator where it'll kind of cover some of those weaknesses for times. But that's going to be the biggest thing for him to kind of adjust to when he when he gets onto campus. Um, but overall, I I had good expe- you know high expectations but was really impressed. I mean, the passing ability was phenomenal. He was routinely picking apart the East Catholic double teams and and East Catholic say what you want about Connecticut public school basketball, definitely not the highest level of competition, but East Catholic was a very good team. They had a good game plan and and tried to double cling in as much as they could. And he was routinely passing out of that and getting his teammates open looks. And when they did only have one guy on him, he was taking advantage. So he's definitely a smart player. I'd say he's more mature than, most players his age it'll be interesting to see how that carries over when he gets to campus but I think he's going to be an offensive impact player pretty much from day one and his ability to stay on the court is going to depend on how much he improves defensively that's awesome and just think about like him alongside Samson Johnson alongside potentially Adama Sonogo maybe even a cook a cook like that is a super talented and versatile group of big men and and wow I, I mean again you have not had anything like that in a while yeah and Klingon's really more of a modern big man than some of the bigs that have come through UConn in the past like Enoch right I would say that he was probably a more traditional big man even though he was a real freak athlete he was just a phenomenal athlete um on either end didn't necessarily have the the touch that Klingon possesses but he wasn't really st- stretching out the defense, shooting threes, taking extended shots. Klingon really can do that. And I don't know if he was shooting at a super high clip uh, this past year. I mean, he has video game numbers. He had 27 points, 17 boards, basically six blocks and three assists per game. Um, not sure what he was shooting like from three, but the form is good. I think there's potential there to run the floor, pop out, hit the three on occasion to keep defenders honest. And, uh, that's a real asset that you really need from a big man in modern college basketball and, and in the NBA, which I imagine is his ultimate goal. So he's definitely a different type of big man than what UConn fans are probably used to seeing. He's closer to the mold of, of a cook, a cook, but I would say he's probably better in the post and maybe not as athletic, um, but definitely an exciting player. And I think, like you said, I'm on, him alongside Samson Johnson, who might be able to kind of negate some of the, if there's any defensive issues that Klingon has, Johnson's regarded as a pretty, pretty good defender. So might be able to help out on that front. Um, and then, you know, he could easily play off of Adama Sonogo or a cook, a cook just because of his versatility and passing ability. So it'll be really interesting to see what that lineup looks like when he gets to campus. Obviously there's so many moving parts before we get to two years from now, basically. So it's not really worth, 
getting too into it, but at the end of the day, he's a really good player, really strong on the offensive end, defensive end, maybe a little rough around the edges, but probably enough to at least contend for a starting job right away. I think it's also worth just bringing up like, um, you know, how we're thinking about or, or how the coaching staff might be thinking about the roster um, and like the roster makeup for the future. So they've got two players committed for the class of 2022. Um, scholarships is always going to be like weird to track these next few years because everyone has a free year that doesn't count, you know, because of last year's COVID season. So in theory, like a, a large chunk of these guys, like RJ Cole, Tyrese Martin, Jalen Gaffney, you know, who, um, as they hit their senior year, I guess I, if I understand the rules correctly, they, they'll have a chance to stay for one extra year. Um, so the scholarship count is, is always going to be like kind of this weird thing to navigate. Um, like right now, you know, there's, there's 10 players in addition to Tyler Polly and Isaiah Whaley. So 12, which I think we can safely say probably the roster is, is set for this year. I, you know, they might be adding someone if they can, if it comes up, but it, it doesn't seem likely that they're looking at someone, someone else, but next year, again, Polly and Whaley will be gone, but, uh, in theory, you know, if everyone advances a class, a cook and Gaffney are seniors. So all, all that to say, I think there's probably like two more openings for next year's class. So just something to think about, uh, potentially depending on, on who all and how many people end up leaving. Sorry. This is just a random aside looking at that scholarship chart. Is this going to be a cook's fourth season with the program? If you consider that he joined early, am I looking at that right? So he joined in 2018. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's technically. He no. He en- I want to say is- he enrolled like spring 19, and uh, but still this didn't is- play. And then no, you're right though, Dan. The, this would yeah. technically like in terms of like being on campus, it'd be four basketball seasons. In right, terms of because- eligibility, it's it's not. But yeah, because this is his third year. Last year, he was injured coming back from the Achilles for most of it. And then mm-hmm. the year before was his freshman year when he tore his Achilles. And the year before that was when he came early. Yep. That's, sorry, that, that just broke my brain for a second, thinking that a cook, a cook has been here for four years because it feels like he just arrived to a certain degree. So, yeah, I was actually looking at the scholarship chart earlier. And I kind of, when I look at them, I look at them from the bottom up. And I thought it was really weird that UConn only had 10 players on the roster and that, that they just kind of left these three open spots. But then when once I looked up and realized that Polly and Whaley count for two of those spots, and then it's not really like there's any major hole that they I think they should have or could have filled with a grad transfer. So even though it's not a full roster, quote unquote, I think it's still pretty solid through and through. Not to knock the mood here because I am very excited that Klingon is coming and he's been a player that I've wanted to come to UConn, but I do just have a couple of concerns. One of which I think is rational. And the other one I think is just a little more worrying for the sake of worrying. But the first one is coming from Connecticut, not exactly a fertile recruiting ground playing high school, public school basketball at in Connecticut. I'm just 
maybe a little concerned that the step up in competition is going to be really steep for him. And he's not necessarily going to be completely ready right off the bat. And maybe he's a little overrated to a certain degree because he's playing in public school. I don't know how much there is to that, or if it's just me being more concerned than I should, the more rational one, this one is kind of more out there. Dan Hurley has shown that he can go and get the recruits that he wants. And so far, aside from, I guess, Javante Brown, who seemed more like a Kenya recruit than a Hurley recruit necessarily. I guess you can say he's their only recruit that they've whiffed on so far. And even still, he was a very, very raw player, someone who had reclassified a year early. So I'm not all that concerned about it. I just think the way recruiting is and the way the numbers go, there's bound to be a miss in there somewhere. And I think it's not that I'm worried about it. I think it's just, I'm terrified that it's going to be clinging because he's an in-state kid because he's a seven footer, because from all accounts that I've seen, he's a really good kid. I'm just really concerned that he's going to be that first bust for Hurley. I don't want it to happen, but just for some reason that has been a concern that has been haunting me ever since he committed. And I don't know why. Yeah, Dan, I guess my, my only pushback to that, I, I do think some of that is valid in terms of, the competition at Connecticut high school basketball, but he is playing for team Spartans for his AAU for AAU, which I believe is one of the better AAU teams, at least in the Northeast. So he is playing against elite competition. And from what I've read from rivals and some of the other recruiting sites, a lot of the growth in his rise in the recruiting rankings hasn't been because of his performance in high school, but rather because of his performance during the AAU seasons, like, um, last year during the major shutdown of COVID, there wasn't really high school basketball within Connecticut, but some AAU teams were playing and Klingon was on one of those teams. So, um, that was a major factor for his rise up the boards, but I think it's fair. I do think, you know, there, there's a reason to be skeptical of someone coming in from Connecticut and having success, but I do think Klingon is one of the rare people where, He's got the size. He's got the talent. The, the skill is already there. He's not, he's going to be raw. He's not going to be a superstar right away. This isn't like a, he probably won't be a James book night type of impact player right away. Right. Because it's really hard to get people like that. Um, but I think there's enough skill there already as a floor for him to have some success and do well and play at a relatively high level from the start. So it it's definitely, I don't think it's a crazy thing to say, Dan, and and it's possible that could happen, but I think there's a lot of things combined with his work ethic. And like you said, everything about him seems to be a really good guy to be around, seems to be, a, you know, a really hard worker. I think those are positive signs uh, that kind of combat the, uh, the things that you were throwing out there. So it, it'll be interesting to see. We don't really know, but um, that's part of the fun with recruiting, right? Is is uh, it's kind of a kind of a crapshoot sometimes, for lack of a better term. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I I think confident I think Klingon is going to end up being a solid recruit in the long run. I think there's also a you know the counter argument of like if you are able to get highly ranked as a Connecticut high school player, you must be pretty good because there's less of a spotlight on you, even if you are on the AAU circuit people are still kind of like underestimating you um, because you're not coming from one of those like talent hotbeds. So 
Um, you know, the fact of the, the matter is those same guys who rate and, and analyze, try their best to analyze the entire high school class. Right. And, uh, you know, they seem to have a decent read on him. And then I think, yeah, the, you, you, no matter what, you can't teach seven foot one and also like skillful, you know, like agile and skillful, um, which, which he appears to be, I think certainly, you know, even if you just watch some of his YouTube highlights, you can see certainly to adjust to the college game, to adjust to the big East, he'll have to be stronger. He'll have to add, you know, 10, 15 pounds of muscle. He will have to, you know, do a lot more than that if he wants to play in the NBA. Um, but I think all of that, you know, makes him a good candidate to come to UConn. Uh, we know that Hurley works people hard. It's not one of those situations where he's going to get like star treatment and, and get to coast. And um, he's going to be able to build and work on his game. He'll probably end up at UConn for, you know, at, at least two, maybe, maybe three, maybe four years even. So um, anything's possible. I, I think he's a good, you know, yeah, he might not be like Superman off the bat, but um, the talent's there. And, and I think he could become a really, really like game-changing kind of player by his sophomore year. Yeah. And I mean, the math is different for Klingon than it w- will be for someone like uh, like Paige Beckers or some of the other players on the women's team, but bringing back to these new NIL laws that I think are going to be a real factor for an in-state kid that's going to be on UConn, there's a lot of money to be made right there. And that's going to factor into him becoming a, you know, say the best case scenario, he goes in the top 15 of the NBA draft in, in three years, right? Um, if he's a fringe end of first round, late second round pick, you could probably make an argument that there may be more money to be made staying an extra year at UConn. Yes. So um, I'm starting to wonder if I don't know enough about Michigan or New York's NIL laws, if they're, if they exist yet, I'm sure they will soon. If they don't um, I'm sure he was briefed on it too, but I have to wonder if that factored into it too, because it's, it's a real thing that we as people that cover college athletics are going to have to constantly keep in the back of our mind now, because it's another another aspect of all of this um, not only is UConn Klingon's best opportunity in his opinion to improve as a basketball player and, and hopefully succeed uh, you know, by winning conference tournaments, national championships, anything like that. It may also be his best path to make a lot of money before he turns professional. Uh, so it's just really, really something interesting to think about. And I can only imagine how many car dealerships are going to be calling Donovan Klingon to, to uh, advertise with him once he's eligible. I, I just think he's going to be a natural for um, an early poster boy for a lot of NIL stuff in Connecticut. To go, to go back quickly to the NIL thing. I mean, he could, he could be easily making six figures his freshman year. Um, and then if he has like a really good sophomore year, he could be making seven figures to stay at UConn for his junior year, you know, like, and, and probably be like, you know, if if we're talking about the same trajectory I'm talking about, you know, a net, you know, a leader of a national championship contender. Um, So the NIL thing is, is really big because it can help UConn keep a player like this for a little longer. Um, And the fact that he's in state, I mean, it will be super interesting to keep tabs on. Yeah. And I think that's just the, him being a local player with a lot of hype around him already 
Um, you know, it, it would be different if it was, I'm sure there's a, a like Tyler Polly, right? Tyler Polly is a freshman. If NIL was a thing, people probably wouldn't be as excited about him promoting stuff because he was from Florida. Nobody, people didn't necessarily know as much about him, but people, there's already been tons of articles and hype and videos about Klingon and his performance before he's even stepped foot to stores. It's a lot closer to almost Paige Beckers, but Beckers is, you know, a whole different stratosphere in terms of national hype. But um, there's already a lot of buzz around Klingon around Connecticut, and that might be enough to be a pretty hefty paycheck for a year or two. And like you said, Amon, if things pan out how Klingon and, and Hurley want them to, and they're contending for national championships and that national advertisement money or, or whatever it is kicks in, um, there's significant earning potential here for them. And um, it's crazy to just think about that because, you know, even a week ago, it was not on our radar and, and now it has to be. So definitely very interesting with, with his commitment. Shout out Rasul Diggins, who reportedly played a role in this recruitment. And, you know, just again, like we should highlight, uh, we, we talked a lot about how good the front court's going to be. The, the guard and wing combos of the, of the future are also just absolutely, they look stacked from, from what we can tell so far. Um, so it's just incredibly exciting stuff too, because we've sometimes seen in the past a very talented UConn player uh, not be able to maximize their abilities because other teams can focus on them. We could even say that happened for James Booknight to some extent, but especially someone like, let's just say Jalen Adams. So that he'll, they'll have that too, where, where no opponent can really key on anyone. And hopefully we'll just see something very high flying and fun. That's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening.